0: Hello, life changers. Thank you so much for joining us. We have got an amazing word for you, so why don't you lean in, grab a notebook and pen, and get ready for what God has to say to you today. Gabe's asked me to preach this morning. Something of our preached last week. I realised they wanted to in the evening meeting last week. But I want to ask you a question as we start this morning: Who are you following? And maybe you're not intentionally following. So maybe the question is: Who is leading you? We're all going in a direction. And maybe like many, your emotions are following someone. It's, it's the person who's counseling me. It's, it's a voice on Instagram. It's a guru financially you're following someone you've all clicked on this I'm not going to mention the guy's name because he's got a real potty mouth but there's some good stuff financially that he, he, he shouts across Instagram and actually if people would hear him it'd actually be pretty helpful it's like things like saving and and not overspending and I'm going that's helpful stuff for a generation that's not necessarily popular and um, he's speaking and maybe in terms of other areas of relational wisdom there's some guru everyone's following something We're either following the story we got handed from our parents, we're following a narrative we're being told, we're following the news, and the news determine my emotional state in every day as we navigate life, And, and the challenges, all of those things will lead somewhere. We're following someone. But there was a king who made the most incredible statement. And the kings of this earth don't generally point to another who are influencing them. They have counselors, but that's very much a, you counsel me, I make the call. But a king once made an incredible statement. He made a declaration of ultimate trust. He made a statement, a sign for all those around that, that he was not on his own and he was following. A king made a reminder to all and, and presented that he had an anchor for his soul. That king was King David who made a statement and said, the Lord is my shepherd. It's an incredible statement, and we could preach just that one line for the next five years, and if we got it, we'd live much freer, much more secure, much more anchored, but when a king who's come from lowly means, and he was a shepherd, and we'll explain some of that as we go, but he makes the statements at the beginning of Psalms 23, he makes a declaration, says, the Lord is my shepherd. Do you make that statement as confidently? Because we need to. Because if the Lord's not your shepherd, someone is. A past situation, you know, can shepherd you. A brokenness or a failure, or a. It can shepherd you. But this king makes a statement. I want to read Psalm 23 over us this morning, and maybe you've read it a million times. I honestly think we should preach it every year, at least once or twice. I think we've got to get this. I think we've got to understand it. I know for me, this has been profound. Actually, will you stand with me? Is that good? Thank you, Fee. Will you read this aloud with me? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his same sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me and I, all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I pray, Spirit of God, would you show us the shepherd, the good shepherd, afresh anew, some for the first time. Some would trust for the first time. Some would make decisions to follow for the first time. Some would make decisions to unfollow others for the first time. We worship you, King. Amen. Amen. I was just, Kans and I had the privilege of meeting with a beautiful lady in our church who served for many, many years, and we didn't realize it would be her last day. We thought we had a month. And as we were in that moment, can's just recited the scripture from top to bottom over her. And, and it was just a moment in God's presence. She began to tell us of the peace that she had and the knowledge of Jesus, her shepherd. It was just the most spectacular moment. And I realize I'm sitting with someone profound, someone who'd taken seriously the, the privilege and sometimes the perceived pain of following the shepherd, trusting the shepherd. As we navigate this notion of Jesus being our, our, our shepherd and leading us, it goes from early, early days, the, the leading of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all shepherds. We see Rachel, the shepherdess. We see this narrative of this importance of being sheep led by a shepherd. David himself is the youngest son, so he gets delegated the reality of, well, you become the shepherd. Because your older brother's got to go do important things like try-fight And we know how that ended. But... But often the the role of shepherd is relegated and delegated to the youngest and the least. And yet God allows his king and allows himself to be identified as the good shepherd. Incredible thing, eh? God says something that of this world has been relegated and delegated right down. I'm going to elevate because I need you to understand one thing. And this is the thing that we struggle with. The Lord is my shepherd, is David boasting that, that the shepherd is at work in his life. His emotions, his hearts, making sure and, and navigating. But it's an incredible thing when a king says, the Lord's my shepherd, and by implication, I am a, a sheep. Say, I'm a sheep, because I can see some of you are struggling. Say, so, I'm a sheepy. Go, bah. No, I didn't actually. I just did that for fun. Um, thank you for those who did, though. I enjoyed that. But it's this challenging reality, and I've watched on the Sheep many times, so I have a good understanding of sheep. Thank you, like that but sheep, let's just look at sheep and I've had the privilege of going to sheep farms and trying to learn this thing sheep are foolish they do one thing well in life eat grass that's the one thing they do well they, they nail that job that's all they do well and that's all they do they are slow to learn if, one, if a sheep walks and he walks into a barbed wire fence you know what he does the next day? doesn't go that way comes back the same way Into the fence. Ah, how'd that happen? They're not the brightest. And yes, I'm talking to you. I'm also talking to me. And I'm talking about King David, the greatest king who who had this heart after God. He said, sheep are, sorry to say it, guys, unattractive. They're not the most. Have you ever actually looked at a sheep? they're not beautiful they're nice when they're fluffy and clean and someone's like washed them with shampoo but they never really like that normally they don't have shampoo just poo it's like that's all they got a little bit over here it's just the the, the summarized version sorry i'm trying to behave myself sheep are demanding they're like they're all they need they demand the grass they are stubborn and strong so they got these little legs ping 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 like wednesday legs they just they're gonna they're standing but you try and move a little sheep if he doesn't want to go it's like a heavy little thing. You're not moving that sheep. We can be like that. Anyone says, like, God, if you move this mountain, <laughs> being me. And, and the challenge is sheep, they are straying. The narrative goes through, and we see it from Isaiah 53. Of the, the, They have a reputation for straying. We see it in Luke 15. Sheep tend to stray. And even in many of the baptism videos, even Carmen, I think, said in her video, there's a, there was a straying, times of straying, moments of straying. We do that. Why? Because we're sheep. We need a shepherd. It carries on, and, and sorry to burst your bubble, they're unpredictable. You just got to ever drive from Durban to Cape Town, Cape Town to Durban, you have to go through the trans car. I mean, it's like open sailing. You just driving, and all of a sudden, a thousand sheep. They just came out of nowhere. They shouldn't be there, but the whole highway is blocked. They weren't supposed to be there, but they are unpredictable. They're just unpredictable. they also copycats. If the one goes, that looks like a good path. Whoop, off a cliff. The next oak, that looks good. Whoop, they just keep like lemmings walking off. The, I'm just trying to help you understand that we're this. Yeah. Is that all right? Brett's like, amen, writing, uh, got it. And, and they are dependent. They're dependent on the, the shepherd leading them, and they're also the same everywhere. It's like, well, I'm not that kind of sheep. Don't know. Sheep, Australia, New Zealand, America, they're all the same. They all go, bah. That's what they do. That's what they do. And so I'm telling you all this because I'm reminded there's a problem in the church and there's a problem in me that I think I'm too smart sometimes. I think I've got this. I'm, I become self sufficient, and the narrative of the shepherd doesn't sit well with the self sufficient. And I promise you, I put my hand up that all too often I think I've got this. And then I'm reminded I don't got this. Where's the shepherd? And we have other shepherds in our lives, like anxiety and fear. And and we struggle with arrogance and hedonism and pain. They all become shepherds. Pain is a shepherd. That's why you need the healer. Because pain will lead you in a direction you never wanted to go. He carries on and says, I have everything I need. This is a king. Making a statement that because the Lord is his shepherd, I have everything I need. In worldly terms, he has everything you need. He's the wealthiest guy around. He is in the best nation around. And yet he places his trust before everyone, writes a psalm, writes a song that is the top of the chart. Psalm 23. I have everything I need because my eyes are fixed on him. And sometimes we get those equations wrong. So we just, it's, I, I go on internet banking and I've said this story many times, but I remember when we went um, to Open Plan, it was like this big thing, early 2000s in the corporate world. Open Plan, it's going to change our world. You know, the only thing I noticed is Open Plan, people didn't talk more, they just emailed each other, but I could not believe how often people check their online banking, like just to make sure it's still there. Like three times, that, why are you checking? You're a salary person. It comes once a month, guys, not coming early, I promise you. Why? Because we, we struggle, so we, we get insecure. He says, actually, he makes a statement to his own soul and to everyone listening, I have everything I need. It's calling us to be a people of trust. The best example, the Israelites walking through the desert saying, we don't have food, we don't have food. God says, every day I will provide. Every day. That's who I am. See, the challenge here says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. You could have done that, eh, Brett. Just saying next time. Thanks. got to give him a hard time. I don't see him on a Sunday. No. It's okay. But it says, he may, who likes being made to do anything? Honestly, no one likes. No one. If someone says, hey, go this way, I'm the guy. Like, I'm sure I can go this way. I'm telling you, I'm just, I've had that since I was a kid. It's like, don't you, you can't tackle that. Don't tell me what I can't do. Conquest. You were right. It's like, that's my life. And, and the challenges, this king says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. There's a challenge is sheep don't naturally find rest. They don't naturally lie down. It's not a natural. Most of the time they sleep on their feet. But in certain circumstances, under very unique and specific circumstances, they'll lie down. And these are the requirements. Number one, they've got to be free from unexpected and unknown predators in their story. They've got to be free of the fear of that. They can't be like, well, we heard there's a lion walking around. They're like, They don't sleep well then. They stay on their feet then. They've got to be free from friction, meaning their brothers and sisters, bah, (coughs) bah, that's got to be settled. It's the role of shepherd. It's got to be free from pests and flies, and we'll speak about this a little bit more, but they've also got to be free from hunger. They can't be hungry if they are not full in their stomachs. They will not rest. They'll just keep feeding. Generally, that's when they stray. And the challenge is the promise of the shepherd is he will lead them and he makes them lie down in green pastures. He knows we need rest and he will lead us to the pastures. The challenge is we're always chasing pastures and it looks like a holiday overseas and it looks like this and it looks like if I run from this, but he says, actually, he will lead me. It's a trust issue. This whole psalm is a trust issue. And I'm telling you, the Christian life, once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, is a trust issue. Do I trust him? The promises, is the Lord. He says, he leads me besides quiet waters. Understand this, that in the days of the shepherd, they would navigate some pretty tough terrain and it was the responsibility of the shepherd to make sure that the path that those sheep took had enough sustenance, was free from thorns and tricky roads that would walk and, and would have enough quiet waters. There were stories and shepherds would often take a little stream and dam it up so that they could drink because sheep don't drink well from moving water. Because moving water makes a noise. It means I can't listen to everything around me. So he settles the water. Remember when Jesus said, be still? What was he doing? He was shepherding his sons who were floating out on a storm. That's all he's doing. And we have to be a people who understand that in that moment, that's where we drink deep. Because he's leading us. He's showing us. I want to shoot through this. I'm literally no points today. I know Gabe has taught you that an, a good sermon is only one with three points. I know that. I, I realize that is deep theology. Today I'm just reading the Bible. Is that all right? It says this, he restores my soul. Say restores. restores. It says this, says he renews my strength. There's another way. But we lose balance. Maybe even right now you feel like you're a little off balance. Emotions, a little off balance. Maybe even physically, just a little bit off balance. The challenge of sheep are these heavy little critters with little feet, and they're strong. But the minute they lose balance, they go over. And then there's like that awkward tipping point, like, oh, oh, oh. And if they go, whoa, and they're on their back. You know what the problem is? They can't get up physically. They are perfectly enabled and unable to get up. You know what can't help them? Other sheep. They come and like, Come on, Bob, get up. And and Bob's just there, I'm stuck. They are physically incapable. And if they lie there too long, they'll either fall to a predator or their own body acid starting to give them major issues and drowning. The only thing that can lift them up, the only thing is a shepherd, strong arms and strong hands to come and get underneath them, lift them up, turn them over and put them back on their feet. There are times in our lives, I'm telling you, the only way forward is a good shepherd who picks you up. And now that's a humbling place. It's a place of trust. But it's a description of Jesus. And I just want to tell you, he wants to restore the balance. And we we struggle because we we start saying, why are you not doing it for me? Why are you not doing it for me? And people come in and, and people can help and they can protect in that season. They can hold, but you know what they can't do? can't actually put you back on your feet. There's only one. His name is Jesus. Says He carried, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He guides me. The challenge is, if you know sheep, they're creatures of habit. That means if that's the path they walk, that's the path they walk. The problem is, they take the path of least resistance. And predators know that. And flooding waters know that. Because water also takes the path of least resistance. And so we have to be a people who understand that we have to be guided. His word, his ways, his truth. The challenge of its ambition or guilt or pain or comparison or insecurity that's guiding us. We will take the path of least resistance. We can do that in the midst of community. We can be in the middle of the sheep and one minute later we're over there straying and the shepherd leading another way. It happens like that. He says, no, he guides me. And this is a king, eh? It's a king. He's got the best counselors, the best advice. I don't know, maybe even at Google. I don't know if he had it. But, but he's saying he guards me. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And during the summer months, there was treacherous routes and they'd have to navigate from the lower waters where they'd scourge for food. And then the floodwaters would come and the shepherd would have to lead them out through tough paths. We're not talking green are the hills of Natalia. This is not what we're talking. We're talking very much the Karoo. And there's little stones and rocky and cedarberg rocks that you're slipping and sliding on. And the shepherd's got to find a path. But the amazing thing, he doesn't say he takes them out. He doesn't put them on his shoulder and walk them out. And we spend our lives praying, get me out of here, Jesus. Like Jesus is some extractor team, Navy SEALs. Whoop, come in. Whoa. No, it's not that. He says he leads me through. He leads me through. He wants to take you through. Why? Because in the going through, our trust is tested in the going through. Our understanding of his character, his perfection, his ability. In the going through, there's revelation. In the going through, there's breakthrough. In the going through. He says he leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. This means we can be shadowed by death, but still alive and being led by a good shepherd. For I will fear no evil, for you're with me. You've got to know David had enemies. When he was a shepherd, the only enemies he had were bears and lions. They they can't talk about you, gossip about you, post on Facebook. They, they, They can't sue you. They're just animals. But when he became king and writing this, he had enemies. Enemies he defeated and chopped heads off their ancestors. Enemies he defeated their financial systems and underpinnings. Enemies he'd taken land from. He had enemies. Sophia could have always been at the door. He says, I'll feel no evil. Doesn't mean he doesn't have a propensity to. See all the dangers of ravaging floods and avalanches and rock slides and poisonous plants and predators. They need a shepherd. You need a shepherd. I'm telling you this and I'm preaching this because in a moment of devotion and a moment of brokenness, I realized that I need a shepherd a lot. A lot. It says this, your rod and staff protect and comfort me. And this is people get, ooh, the rod and the staff. We get all, no, you're processing not through a shepherd lens. Processing through pain, you're processing through anxiety. The the rod and the staff were primarily there to guide. No, go this way like a police baton, not beating back a riot crowd, leading. Go this way, go this way, go this way, go this way. And yes, used to protect against predators, the ones you see and the ones you don't. Why? Because you don't see them because the, the shepherd is near, but when the shepherd's not near with his rod, predators are near. We forget these things, that our Bible tells us the enemy is like a roaring lion. In this season, as a pastor, my heart is watching stories. I'm going, be careful, the roaring lion. Be careful. Be careful. Draw near to the shepherd. He wants to rob, kill, and destroy. See, the rod, and there and are instruments for protection of the sheep. And the staff was the symbol of authority. That's why you see Moses comes and God said, drop your staff, use your staff, lead your staff out, tap it with your staff. There's there's an authority that we submit to. And if you want authority like David had authority in his land, you've got to submit to authority. That's what it comes. First and foremost, the authority of God in our lives, his ways, his purposes. Stop those fights, those unnecessary fights. There's too many unnecessary fights and battles in the church. that sometimes keeps us from fighting the battles we're meant to fight. Yeah. And we've got to actually just say, I trust you. It says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Psalm 23, verse 5. The message says, you serve me a six-course dinner in front of my enemies. Who wouldn't want that? I, I, and i said it, I've said it, and I, I never had enemies before I moved to Cape Town. I never had anyone blocked on my phone or never. And it's been interesting. You go on a journey, say yes to Jesus, and some people don't like you. Who would have thought? I didn't. I think I'm the nicest guy I know. Honestly, I'm like, <laughs> and then you realize God says, but I'm going to prepare for you, and you've got to trust me, because it's not about your enemies, it's about who's making the food, who's preparing it for you, who's going to provide for you, and who are you going to trust? Are you going to keep your eyes on the enemy sitting on the other side of the table? Are you going to put your eyes on the Jesus who's sitting before you, the King, the Lord of all, preparing a meal? I want my eyes on Jesus. I I need to have my eyes on Jesus. I've got to be someone who trusts that even if this meal isn't at everything I dreamed of, there's a promise in the Savior as I would trust Him and walk with Him in the area of my finances, in the area of my emotions, in the area of my marriage, in the area of forgiveness. Oh, I've done everything. I'm willing to do everything. No, have you done it in the area of forgiveness? Don't tell me you're willing to. The Bible says do it doesn't say be willing to. says, just do it. Forgive. How many times? Well, a whole lot. How big can you count? says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The message says, you welcome me as a guest, anointing my head. The biggest challenge for sheep, and I mentioned earlier, the biggest killer of sheep is not lions, not other predators, flies. Back to the poo on their head. Good image for you, because it happens when we're bumping up against our mates. Sorry, a very graphic image. (laughs) We're walking. Sorry, I'm going to stop. I've got that image in my head. But they get it. And, And so what happens is the flies gather. And you know what? The sheep can't handle. Again, they're not the brightest animals. So this little fly becomes the thing. I don't know if you've seen the movie with Mr. Bean and a bee. I haven't actually seen the movie, but it just looks like that's what's happening. This bee that destroys his life. Well, it's the same thing for these sheep. They get a fly and they like, they go mad. You know what they do? They run. They try to outrun the sheep. Run, run, run. Cliff. Woof. Dead. Because of a fly. You know what the fly does? Next sheep. It's the same thing happens in the church and the same thing happens to believers. Sometimes the little things become so big says, you need a shepherd to come and anoint your head with oil, and that would literally happen. The shepherd would take oil and put it on the sheep's head and their faces. Why? Firstly, the fragrance on the oil would keep the flies away. It also would clean off the places they couldn't clean and get to. Because they can get here and they can get here, but they couldn't get to their face where the flies would come, and the shepherd would clean them off. Some need to be cleaned off this morning. You need the anointing of his presence in your life to come and just Take the little things that you know are little things, but they're going to lead to big things. To death, actually. He says, actually, no, the shepherd comes and he anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. And then the promise, surely, goodness. Say surely. 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 It's like surely. It's a sure thing. It's what we all thought would happen in the All Blacks Springbok game yesterday. Surely. Surely, like what happened? I don't know, but in the Bible, talking about the good shepherd, this says, "Surely it will happen." Surely goodness. I can't see it right now. I just got flies, but surely, if I keep following the shepherd, surely goodness and love will follow me. And the problem is, we live in a world where we follow it, and we're in the church, and we saying, "God blesses," and the God blesses, we start following the thing He blessed us with, rather than following the One who provided. It happens too often. He says, now I want to anchor us as a sheep, as sheep who following a shepherd. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Say all. all. You know what all means? The day we're on the top of the mountain and the bottom of the valley. The day your first child gets born and the day your spouse passes away. The day you get a diagnosis of health and the day you get a diagnosis of no health. Surely all. It's not easy all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It says this in the message, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. Chase. 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 Like, I'm not giving up. Chase. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Can you stand with me this morning? See, David exposes that his love is for the Lord, not for what he did or would do. Firstly, this psalm just challenges actually self-sufficiency, arrogance, pride. The Bible's not neutral on pride. Like, not a good thing, but you do it if you want. No, the Bible says God opposes the proud. Oppose this. I don't want God as my enemy. I, want, I need the shepherd. Which means I've got to deal with my rubbish. Which means I've got to come back to the shepherd and say, would you anoint me again? Just anoint me again. Life happens, eh? Dumped into an old friend. I've been, uh, I was talking to a friend I've been friends with for many, many years. We've shed highs, we've shed lows. He's now a big Lonnie in a big business. And, and we were laughing about the days I used to pay for his dinners. And yet, we've seen highs and we've seen lows. And then we start speaking about the goodness of God. My job is just to keep saying yes. Which way? Yes. Which way? Yes. In my marriage, which way? Yes. Yes. I follow which means we've got to respond to the chasing love of God. He's chasing you. Religion is you chasing him. Chasing endeavor, chasing what you can do, putting your way if it's on the line. This gospel is different. The gospel of Jesus is he's already chased you down. He's already paid the price. Will you say yes to him as your shepherd? Your lover, your friend. It means I've got to be a sheepy. Means I've got to humble myself. See, maybe once you've made the route, once, two, three, something, I oh, actually I got this. The one thing you learn about rivers and terrain, they change all the time. Pandemics come. Everyone thought they had the plans. Challenges come. We think we can navigate. We got this. Until you realize you haven't got this, and then you realize I need a shepherd. Why am I far away? No, just come back to him. This is not even a call to. It's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. See, we talk a lot about David, and David wrote this song. If Saul had written the song, it would have been very different. So started well but it ended in chaos because he took a hold of things he shouldn't have taken a hold of because he held on to insecurity and competition because he walked outside of the anointing on his life so God raised up another man every one of us need to be on a journey with the shepherd won't we close our eyes this morning together I'm going to hand over to Brett in a minute but I just pray right now in this presence in your place in this house Lord shepherd you are here for the hurting you are here for the confused you are here for the hungry you are here for the thirsty you are here For the broken and those in pain you are here Lord. even now i see images of you picking them up and putting them over your shoulders and carrying them when they cannot walk themselves thank you god thank you jesus thank you shepherd come back to trust son of god daughter of god come back to trust Come back to trusting him. See his provision in your life, your story. See his grace. See his goodness. See his kindness. You've tasted and seen. Drink deep again this morning. Spirit of God, show us the shepherd, I pray. Give us the revelation that David had of the good shepherd this morning. And I pray part of that, Lord, is show us the voices we need to turn off, the volume buttons we need to turn down. Where our trust has fallen in different places, that we'd place our trust in you again. Jehovah, Jireh, as Abraham did on that day with Isaac, we place our trust in you, the provider, again. Come, Spirit of God. Just even in this moment, it's like people are walking around wanting to be sheep, but with those ball and chains dragging behind, those little legs just can't do it. So you feel anchored, you feel stuck. Cry out to him. Your shepherd is the chain breaker. Your shepherd is the freedom bringer. Your shepherd has paid the price. Cry out to him this morning. I want to pray in this place for that. If you're saying there's areas in my life I just feel stuck and I can't go anywhere and I'm scared to move and it's like the next step brings more fear than staying where I am and yet I know I've got to move. Will you raise your hands right now? Whatever that decision is. Emotions, financial, spiritual, relationally, whatever it is. I pray, Spirit of God, you are here. I know you are here. We trust you. I pray, come right now, Spirit of God. Bring freedom. Bring life. Bring joy, bring movement, movement, God. Move, move, move and trust him. Move and watch him light up the steps. Move and watch his word work in power. Move, begin to move. Begin to move. We worship you, King. Thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to take your next step or find out what is happening in the life of the church, head over to our website or follow us on social media. Cheers.